This is Bragg, the son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. Beacons are lit! Lotro calls for aid! And Brog shall answer. Amundine. We're at Amundine. Here in the foothills of the Wed Mighton, Wed White and Wit. We're in the White Mountains of Arid Nimres. At Amundine. And uh, bet you think you'd hear from me again so quickly. But welcome back to Like the Beacons, a Lotro podcast that also dabbles in books, movies, gaming. And the beloved lore of The Professor. This is lucky episode number 77. Lucky sevens, as a matter of fact. And I am your host, Brank of the Lonely Mountain, the Sultan of Shieldswipe, the Earl of Agro, Bane of Shelob's Brood, which only took killing about a thousand of the suckers, and Dwarf of Ill Repute, broadcasting live from temporary, like the Beacons Middle Earth White Headquarters, far from Fathilian. Coming to you live in the inner courtyards of Gold, Dol Goldur. Dol Goldur. And why here? Well, I have a champ that just made it to Thanglehad, and the Northern Mirkwood Beta just recently premiered on Bulwar, I believe. Uh, where will the two connect? You know, Mirkwood's been on my mind. Will they connect through the Scuttledells? Maybe east or north of uh, Dol Goldur on the map? Uh, not at all. Maybe it'll just be a port. Will the Karak and the uh, House of Bjorn be blended as well? What I really want is a connection through the back of Gollum's cave. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Um, you know, you wonder why they went here next, Northern Mirkwood. Just think of the reusable assets. Think about it. You've got Bjorn's Glade and the Karak. You have Dale and the lands around Erebor from the Erebor Instance Cluster. You've got pieces of the Eastern Misty Mountains from the Rohan Instance Cluster. Uh, I guess it made sense at the time. What's that one called? It's like the Eagle, Lord of the Eagles, Yorbar's Peak, which has pieces of the Eastern Misty Mountains. Um, You've got the Great Hall of the King under the mountain from the Allegiance System. All these reusable assets that they could uh, just, you know, they're already built. So I still want an eastern entrance out of Goblin Town from around near Gollum's Cave area. And I even think there are some passages in there that are kind of blockaded off that would be easy to unplug. I think I've talked about this before, too. Um, I think I mentioned when I did an episode on Goblin Town that I wanted an entrance up from the war steadings to a stable at the Eagle's Airy. Uh, maybe with an eagle that you could trade with to do repairs and sell off junk. But uh, right now, looking around the courtyard of Dogoldur, it's fun powering through here as a level cap. I'm actually outside the uh, entrance to Samoth uh, Gul, 
which uh, I think was a great six-man. Wouldn't it be great if Nairband was as good as a six-man as uh, Samoth Ghoul was? Samoth Ghoul was run all the time. It had a good level of difficulty. It wasn't too easy. It wasn't too hard. Maybe a little grindy getting through some of those dull golder brutes, but overall, it was a solid six-man, and uh, that's why it's still run as an FI, I think, today. Uh, but uh, I remember this platform more now, since you don't have to go through there to get to Samoth Ghoul with the Instance Finder. I remember this platform more from, I believe, the second skirmish in the Mirkwood series. Um, is it Breaching the Necromancer's Gate? Or is it uh, Jonesing the Jonesing the Necromancer? Something like that. I don't know. Um, oh, here they are. Assault on the Ringwraith's Lair. I think that might be it. Then you have Breaching. And what's the third one? Battle in the Tower. No, this is Assault on the Ringwraith's Lair. So, um, yeah, this is one of the uh, flag points for that. I look around the courtyard, there's green flame popping up on top of kind of strangely shaped braziers. There's um, braziers, by the way, not braziers. And uh, that's a Freudian slip, eh? And uh, I see little orc fires lit in the distance. There are uh, banners of the necromancer hanging all over. Uh, it's like a red banner that's worn with like a, a white print of his face with teeth dangling down. And there looks to be like a little eye in the middle of his forehead, which is the Eye of Sauron, I'm thinking. Um, but the coolest thing about this place, I think, is how, how huge it is. I mean, if you look up, the structures are mammoth. Um, they, they tower over you like skyscrapers. And actually, as I'm looking straight up, the sky is a cyan purple color. And there are Nazgul flying overhead, circling the tower. There's two of them. I can see the rips in their wings. Uh, you know, they're outlined, they're kind of circling right above each other. As a matter of fact, I'm sure if this were if this were really active, I'd be ducking for cover and screaming from their uh, from the screams of the Nazgul. But I'm brave because I have my new striped snake pet with me. Just opened out of a Gorgoroth loot box yesterday. So this is an episode that talks a little bit about... Uh, Mirkwood. It talks a little bit about loot boxes. It talks a little bit about uh, the economy of the game. It talks about skirmishes. We're presaging all those topics. Uh, but for now, I think it would be best if we got on to our next beacon. We are at Ilanok. A review of our agenda for this week. As usual, we got to deal with a lot of C R A N P corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. Uh, last time out, we issued a proactive apology for some over the line comments about Lareth the Stained. Um, it turns out her more of a lackeys call her that behind her back because she likes spaghetti sauce and she never washes her blouses. So that's it. That's the only reason. And uh, anything else you thought that was implied by the way I talked about it is not accurate. So there you go. And there was some other stuff too, um, especially all the spitting. Patooey. I am so sorry. However, thanks to my new pup filter, happy days are here again. Uh, so let's try a test. Ready? Uh, Pippin picked a pack of pickle pipe weed from Pinty Peldot. Pippin picked a pack of pickled pipe weed from Pinty Peldot. Pippin picked a pack of pickled pipe weed from Pinty Peldot. Pinty Peldot.
pinty, 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 pill dot. Pippin picked a pack of pickle pipe weave and pinty pill dot. All right, so did you get, I, you know, I don't see that. I can see the spitting on the recording. I don't think I have any. I think this thing's helping. So I hope that your enjoyment of the podcast is enhanced through the use of my new filter. So, um, yeah, I'm happy about that. We'll see how it goes. Uh, let me know if you see a difference. And, yes, I'm feeling a little silly tonight. Uh, let's uh, blame it on the... Um, the pickled pipe weed from Pinty Peldot. That stuff is pure. And to everyone else that was offer offended, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt. Uh, sorry. Viewer comments agree to disagree. You know what? We've been saying agree to disagree for too long. I think it's time to bring this back up. Uh, those longtime viewers out there will know that, uh, you know, there's been some research being done, uh, whether you're viewers or not. Um, there, I've seen argument. I've seen it both ways. You know, I've seen it both ways. That's all I can say. And um, if you consider yourself a listener, then uh, please see my apology from the previous section. If you consider yourself a longtime viewer, then you're in the club. So there you go. Um, let's check the leaderboard for iTunes reviews. That means that we didn't get any. And the last review of the podcast was left by F. Duddy, a.k.a. Fielder, on October 9th of 2017. And he currently has our high score. As always, if you want to join this illustrious dearth of reviewers, then please, by all means, continue to just Netflix and chill. Uh, viewer feedback. Didn't get any from the last episode. What was the last episode about? Uh, predictions. Predictions, predictions. So everyone must agree with anything I predicted because no one wrote in to protest that it was incorrect. Um, big stuff going on from a community spotlight perspective, though. I took a look at the forums. Uh, it's got to be a forums thing in here somewhere. Yeah, there's lots of that going on in the forums. And um, uh, Cordovan had a public service message which he put out about gold spammers. And there's some contention, uh, basically, in the posters out there that, um, you know, basically Cordovan's message was, you know, don't feed the trolls, right? If you don't buy gold, the gold spammers will go away. If you don't click on their ads, you won't get, you know, infected and your account stolen. Um, a lot of these things are just phishing sites to get your account info, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, people took umbrage that SSG was, you know, basically putting all the onus on the players to uh, stop the proliferation of gold spammers. And, um, you know, when they themselves believe that SSG is squarely responsible. And part of that contention is that they now allow store-bought items to be sent via in-game mail for mithril, right? For the cost of two or three mithril coins, you can mail someone an area of the Valar, and uh, that that might be causing a lot of this tomfoolery because it allows a easy platform for gold spammers, right, who have all the gold in the world, to buy the most expensive items on the auction house and uh, sell them in game uh, for you know for real money, or you know through the send send them through the gaming system if someone makes a payment outside the game. Um, and supposedly this stuff is being done, but uh, I I will say that. The, the amount of spammers in world chat on the game 
is probably the worst that I've ever seen it, maybe ever. You know, Cordovan does say we're trying stuff, but we can't share the details, or they'll tip off the spammers as to what they're trying. Isn't that convenient? Uh, but, you know, I'm sure they – obviously they have a lot of restrictions around how soon someone can post in world chat. Uh, you know, I think they have to be on the game for several hours and pass certain constraints in order to even be able to post. And, uh, you know, supposedly they might be blocking IPs, but that's a temporary solution because they can um, – they can uh, obfuscate them or hop to different ones just as quickly as they can get shut down. So it's not an easy problem to solve. But uh, there is the debate going on that plays into a beacon that we will talk about in a little bit. Um, but in this action-packed episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in-game first. Because you guys think that's thrilling, I'm sure. And then we're going to... What are we going to do? Uh, we're going to talk about... Um, uh, we are going to talk about why the game might need some more skirmishes. And then lastly, we're going to have a section of the story where we talk a little bit about uh, some of the economic models out there developing around loot boxes, some of the protests, and uh, you know some of the debate that I've seen going on about uh, this latest system of grind and gear in Lotro and how some people feel about it. I don't have time for that. We better be moving along, so let's go to the next beacon. Vavoom! Yes. Uh, where are we again? Boy, I'm scatterbrained tonight. Nardal. This week in gaming and or other Tokyo news. Uh, what other games have I been playing? I've been telling you that the uh, I have not been playing it, but one of the fascinations in the house is for the third person or first person shooter called Fortnite, which has kind of a battle royale setting where I don't know, 100 people can start in an area and it whittles down until there's only one survivor and then you restart the game. And, uh, you know, the world basically shrinks a little bit at a time, forcing everyone into conflict with each other, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, Just Cause 3 is a game that the uh, Teen Dwarf picked up at a recent birthday uh, with some Steam card money that he had going. And I have watched him play that game a little bit, and I have to say, the way that you can move around the map in that game does seem pretty fun. So, you know, I don't know how deep the story is, you know, but the missions look cool, and uh, the navigation around the game definitely looks cool. So I might have to try that at some point. But right now i got enough on my plate. Um, I did want to mention a game that I haven't played in a while, and there's a specific reason. Uh, Secret World obviously came out with their kind of reboot called Secret World Legends recently. And, uh, you know, I was told all along that it was going to be optional and you could play in the old game still if you wanted to, um, which was kind of my preference. I didn't want to start over with a brand new character. And, uh, you know, basically I wanted to continue to slowly make progress on and off in the old game setting that I had. And what happened was uh, at one point when Lotro was down for some maintenance, I tried to log into Secret Worlds, and um, the default process when they rolled out Legends is apparently uh, wiping all of your characters and, and making you start fresh in the new world. That's the default, right? So the default is not you get to play in the old game, same as you've been playing, right? Um, 
and you can choose to join the new world and create new characters or map new characters over to the new world. No, the default is totally disrupting your previous experience if you haven't played in a while and logging in and not knowing what the hell's going on. So uh, this made me very irritated, as we used to say. Um, and basically, the process to restore access to your old character and uh, world game uh, I read up on it was so convoluted that I gave up after a few minutes and said, screw it. So I don't know if I'm going to be going back into uh, Secret World at any point in time or not. I haven't made up my mind, but right now they have uh, miffed me off. Uh, they have lost a user. Uh, the default behavior should have been, I can keep playing the game like I have been because I've given no indication that I want to change my experience. It should be an option, not the default where I have to go through, jump through all these hoops and fill out forms and set up some kind of download and reload my old characters after I change settings. That is not customer friendly. So I'm kind of angry with those guys. And we'll see if I end up going back to that game. Maybe I just won't. Yeah. Um, Star Trek Online, I ducked in during some downtime as well when I couldn't get into Secret World. And did basically nothing. <laughs> I continued to be lost in that game for like what I should be doing next at my level. Uh, you know, I have quests. I can go to those galaxies if I can find them, which is hit or miss sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then find out the quest is like way over my level and I can't possibly do it without getting killed 26 times. So, you know, that game continues to frustrate a little, you know, I find it interesting. I like the stuff they're rolling out, how they talk about it. But, uh, you know, I wish, and it probably does, right? Someone's going to write in and tell me it probably does. But I wish it had basically like an epic storyline like Lotro does that whenever you, pl you know, plug back in, even if it's been a while, you know exactly where to go and what to do next. And that storyline kind of tugs you through the levels that you should be at based on your character development. Um, you know, is really helpful. So Star Trek Online probably has that somewhere, and I just don't get it because I haven't found it, but that's the way it goes. Um, played a few rounds of Overwatch, which I hadn't done in a while. It's still fun, but just been too busy to play. I did play a little bit more Shadow of Mordor. Had a big story reveal down in the, around the Sea of Nern where I found out uh, Saruman was controlling another character in Mordor, the same as he was controlling Theoden in Rohan at a later date. Uh, so interesting use of that device. And um, was not expecting to see Saruman in Nern uh, in Shadow of Mordor. So that was, uh, you know, but an appropriate use of the lore based on his presence and uh, his influence of the time. So very interesting and well done. Um, I bought another game on Steam. I want to get the name right, so I'm going to have to open it up. I bought it for $0.69, cents, which is the primary reason I bought it. But I looked at the screens and could tell it was the kind of game that I would generally be interested in because I like some of these kind of platformer, simple puzzle games occasionally. And connecting to account and going to library. And the name of the game is About Love, Hate, and the Other Ones. And basically, it's a little, you know, 2D puzzler game where um, 
your two characters trying to find their way home. One of them hates stuff, which means he repels it away from him. And one of them loves stuff, which attracts stuff to him. And using those two very simple um, pivot points, they have different screens where you have to navigate your way around the screen using your powers of love and hate to manipulate the environment around you until you can get through the puzzle at the end. And I thought it was fun and well done. Uh, for $0.69, cents, it's uh, already you know, bought back the entertainment value in the first 15 minutes I played it. And it looks like there's... Uh, you know, good number of screens to go. And the other thing I like about it is it's a game that looks I look looks like I can crush in a couple hours of gameplay and be done, which is hard to find nowadays. Um, what else? I went to see a whole bunch of movies recently. So the local movie theater has been cycling through the Oscar movies, uh, trying to get people geared up and ready for the Oscar runs. So I saw Lady Bird, three billboards outside of Ebbing, uh, I, Tanya, The Disaster Artist, which I think was uh, surprisingly good, actually. Enjoyed that a lot. Uh, Darkest Hour and uh, getting ready for the Black Panther coming up in a week or two. Actually going to be on a trip and probably will have to wait to see it till I get home. But USA Today came out with a four-star review today for it, which is uh, I've never seen for a Marvel superhero movie. So that's kind of exciting. So here are my Oscar predictions, just for the heck of it. Uh, I have a friend who throws an Oscar party every year. It's fun to go to. And here are my picks. Uh, I think four or five of them are no-brainers, and there's one that's going to be close. Uh, best Actor, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. Francis McDormand, Best Actress for Three Billboards. Uh, Sam Rockwell, Best Supporting Actor for Three Billboards. Best Picture, I believe, will be Three Billboards. And uh, I'm calling Best Director for Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water. Best Director. So what's the race I left out of there? Best Supporting Actress, where I see a toss-up between Allison Janney of I, Tanya and Laurie Metcalf of Lady Bird. I think it'll be a close race. My, my vote would be on Allison Janney. So that's Gary Oldman, Francis McDormand, Allison Janney, Sam Rockwell uh, as my picks for the four major acting awards. Director Jolama Totoro and Best Picture, Three Billboards. Let's see how I do the next time we have a podcast. I'm sure it'll probably be after the Oscars or something um what's been going on in lotro so brag uh my mordor deed lug is done so not been playing nearly as much but i am occasionally going out and doing allegiance dailies when i want a quick run for a black steel key because brag uh can still go through those things as a solo artist uh, faster than anyone else scooping up you know 10 to 20 guys at a time blah 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 uh certainly can be helpful in some of those camps and areas my mini has got a good portion of her upgrades to the 337 gear and higher and is finally starting to feel a bit more hardy on the landscape and able to complete some of the tougher landscape quests like the camp areas or infiltrating Thorzaf, uh, you know, going to a, a camp area like in Lingris, like Amonruth or Sabarduath alone and uh you know i have to concentrate i have to focus i have to use all my skills but uh can do those areas now without getting ridiculously frustrated um so she is feeling hardier and now that she's surviving obviously her quest runs are getting quicker because her dps is getting pretty good too <laughs> um recent loot box drops for my mini from allegiance runs include a watcher statue a broken sauron statue a pet or two, a couple snakes. I don't know. I did get a naked mole rat yet, I don't think. Uh, I got 1,200 ash out of one loot box. There's always an ash component, but 1,200 was a lot from one loot box. It's the most I've seen. 
Um, and we are generating some of those level 10 essences which you can then trade in for malleable shadow essences and get occasional, yeah, also out of the loot boxes, getting occasional level 337 purple gear, uh, which for some of my characters is okay, but for most of the ones that I've been gearing are, are just going to be ashed because they're, you know, I've got better stuff on now for the most part. My Cappy, the fashionable one. Also been going through gear upgrades. Um, I would say beyond the trading ash for gear, uh, essences seem to be the new grind holding back advancement um, to new equipment because, uh, you know, you've got to grind some of those loot boxes to generate or craft to generate the level 10 essences that you you can turn in for malleable shadow essence. Um, and you need two of those malleable shadow essences to generate an empowered Abyssal essence box, uh, which is the one you want. So right now I'm getting enough loot boxes um, and enough ash to get the gear that I need, but I'm running out of the really good essences. So in some cases I'm waiting to equip the gear until I have some essences saved up or I'm equipping inferior essences and saying essences. How many times can I say essences? Um, but having to go back and uh, you know dump those later and fix them when I have uh, better stuff down the line. And that, of course, takes an Essence Reclamation scroll, which of which I only have a few right now. So, so Essences appear to be the larger grind for good, you know, top-level Essences appear to be the, uh, the harder grind for me right now over the Ash for the equipment. And I'm also uh, starting to run short of Universal Solvents. Those are getting harder and harder to find uh, in-game. You've basically got to run uh, either featured instances or uh, some of the epic battles in order to get those. It seems like so, or the AH, of course. But uh, you know the price has been going up, uh, and usually they're like sixty or seventy gold a piece, which is pretty expensive. So I've got multiple tunes that can grind for Ash now. Four that have been through the Black Book of Mortar and all that Allegiance Daily stuff. And the armor pieces are becoming quicker and easier to get, and I am falling behind on the new empowered Abyssal Essences, in some cases slotting back the old ones, as I mentioned. And believe it or not, right now, I have more Black Steel keys than Gorgoroth loot boxes. I never thought I'd see the day, but uh, yeah, I've been generating a lot of keys, and uh, you got to go out and do... You know, an hour or two of burning stuff on landscape generally to find a loot box. You can buy them in the uh, store, but I'm not going to do that for these loot boxes. We've had so many in the past. Uh, but, yeah, interesting how the, how the worm turns. My lore master is uh, doing some daily runs of Cordoceragos now. It was 113 last time I talked to you. He's level cap now. Um, all my other tunes have uh, their allies fully polished with... Uh, Amphalas crystals and empowerment scrolls. So all that stuff I get is being funneled to the lore master now. And one of his um, one of his weapons, I think his staff is done, except for crystals, of which I need a bunch. And I'm working on his book to build that out, um, which still has a pretty significant way to go. But uh, you know, when you start maxing out all those li tiers, you start to pack a little bit more of a wallop on the landscape. So that is nice. Uh, Berg is at level 107, holding steady. Hunter 106, Bjorning 106, holding steady. My champ is level 67 and running around Merkwood. 
I forgot how good of a job they did in the gloom of that place. Like you can, you can't see that far. And I'm like, oh, are my graphics settings down? No, it's just the gloom. And as you run forward, things kind of appear out of the gloom in front of you, and uh, it makes it a little tougher to navigate and see where you're going in some places. But it's a good effect. It's well done. Uh, my champ, I, you know, I took a run through Dol Golder just to remind myself of the setting on landscape, and it seems a lot less populated and dangerous than it used to be. I remember that being a tough run and being chased all the way through. Um, my champ has completed the Thanglehead skirmish, though not without uh, <laughs> one screw-up, which always happens in that skirmish. You haven't run it for a while, you're not paying attention. Uh, we're about the fourth wave of the, skir the skirmish when I went to grab a lieutenant, and uh, I missed the crossbow and you know, the ballista in time. So they came in full power and the whole group overran Rodoleth and she got killed, which cancels the skirmish out just as I was dragging the lieutenant back to the scene. You know, she'll last about maybe 15 seconds uh, with a full wave pounding on her when you're not there to uh, to help take the load. Duh. Uh, so next time around was successful, of course. Uh, Breaching the Necromancer's Gate is the next skirmish. And uh, can I say, just as a kind of a call out, how much I love the story of how in Mirkwood, as uh, you know, the tail end of Volume Two, when Bori walks all day and night through the barrows of Mirkwood to find a second Siglorus flower for the spider poison antidote uh, that you have to give to a cereal. Spoiler alert. Um, very cool, because while he's gone, Mazog starts to sow dissent. Uh, he's playing one elf against each other, playing against their fear and anger against the dwarves. The Eye of Sauron appears as you're all yelling at each other and debating until Bori returns in the nick of time and everything gets cleared up and Mazog is silent again. Uh, so Bori's bravery is worthy of a sonnet. Maybe I'll write it at some point in time. My RK is level 56, and back in Moria in the 21st hall, my warden is 40, chilling in Bree. My health, high elf warden is probably getting high at level 15, but not doing much else. And in other Tolkien news, um, I just want to make a, give a shout-out on how much great Tolkien artwork I am finding lately on Pinterest right now. Um, as I indicated, I was interested in Lord of the Rings on Pinterest, and they started offering me boards with Lord of the Rings related artwork. There is just an unbelievable supply of great artwork out there uh, in the Tokian, in Tokian's world. Uh, some really good, um, you know, you can assemble a tire board just on Gandalf finding the Balrog, uh, which I did. But um, there's cool stuff from all over the map, even mo some of the more obscure passages from uh, from deep within uh, the Silmarillion as well. Uh, so if you don't have a Pinterest board, there's maybe one reason, and you like Lord of the Rings, that's maybe one reason to think about putting one together. And with that, I'm going to move on to the fourth beacon of Erlassi. In Erlass this week, we're going to do a segment I call My Kingdom for a Skirmish. So I've been in Mirkwood recently with my champ. I think she's level 68 now, actually. So probably over-leveling for the area. But, uh, yeah, I've had recent experience there doing the Glor skirmish, the Thangalhard skirmish. I've got the three Dol Gulder skirmishes ahead of me. And after that, as you go through the prologue and the uh, introduction for In Their Absence, you will get rescue in Nurs Gashu. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six skirmishes coming my way in short order. Uh, you may remember 
those were all part of the Mirkwood expansion, all well, except for uh, Escape from Nurse Gashu, which came in the In Your Absence cluster that followed it. And uh, a little bit after that, they came out with Icy Crevasse and Attack at Dawn during, I think, the Ended Wraith release, uh, part of the In Your Absence cluster as well. And finally, Storm on Myth. Storm on Methodus after uh, they premiered the landscape of Dunland. So since then, as far as landscape expansions, we have had the Great River, the Eastamnet, Wildermore, the Westamnet, Helm's Deep, Western Gondor, Central Gondor, Eastern Gondor, Esgiliath, Minas Tirith, Farinorian, North Athelion, the Wastes, and Mordor. And yes, we received eight big battles over that uh, out of necessity from a storytelling perspective out of that over that time and uh that time is over now that storytelling of the giant battles i mean yeah they could make up some more of it they could make a a big battle where you're attacking dol Guldur as uh, as the elf allegiance or whatever the case may be but you know for the most part that part of the story that re requires it right is now over and uh, it's time to bring Skarmy back. I'm bringing Skarmy back. Justin just did the halftime show, so sorry I got that in my mind a little bit. Um, it's time to bring skirmishes back, I think. And uh, you can, or sexy back. You can bring back sexy skirmishes. That would be fine. You can, you know, you can even charge a few bucks for it, I think, uh, or make it earnable, utilizing, you know, a good chunk of Lotro points. Because uh, I know you need stuff for people to spend on that. Um, you know, but I think people in general would be happy to spend a few bucks for a new skirmish. They don't come out that often. Um, you just need to fix the loot system to make them worthwhile, even if just occasionally to run. Because right now, you go in for a 12-man skirmish, and you know you'll get a rune and maybe some skirms and marks, which are basically useless. You know, what are you going to spend them on for the most part? And... Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, you might get a piece of armor drop, but none of the armor has uh, Light of Arendil, so if you're at endgame, what, you, what do you want it for? You, nothing, right? Useless! Um, you know, there is some stuff out there that can drop in the loot boxes that's you know might maybe be useful, but basically the loot tables need an overhaul. This is part of the problem of premiering Light of Arendil. Uh, in the game and, you know, not making it earnable through anything else besides some of the more recent content. Um, so, you know, there's lots of new places we could do new skirmishes out there. We could, uh, I already suggested the High Elf intro area that they made up. You know, other players might want to see that. Um, you could get more use out of it and expose it to more tunes that aren't High Elves. If uh, the area around the Saranen and, you know, even in that one instance where you run up to the tower to fight the one of the Nazgul or the Witch King, uh, you know, would be perfect for an offensive skirmish. Uh, Minas Mortal could hold some skirmishes. The Caves of Shelob, you could figure out a skirmish for. Uh, Omnihurst Folly out uh, in the wastes. Uh, how about Defense of the Karak instead of uh, uh, Weathertop skirmish? Um, you could do the same thing with goblins coming up from the sides and. You know, maybe you can, instead of lighting torches, you can call the eagles to help you once in a while, and they'll come down and swoop and take away a couple of the guys. There's a great idea for a skirmish right there. Defense of the Karak. With goblins attacking, and whenever you blow the horn, which you can do once a minute, eagles come down and help you for 30 seconds, and then they fly away. That would be perfect. 
Um, Thranduil's Hall could be the sign of a skirmish. You could go north to Gundabad, which would be awesome. Uh, though I'd rather have this be an expansion later. Um, there's lots of opportunities out there for skirmishes. And, uh, you know, as you come up with these smaller updates, you know, on the way to 22 and 23, we're not going to have a Mordor-style expansion update anytime soon, right? Probably not in the next two years at least. Um, so premiering some skirms to go with the instances and raids that have come out recently I think would be a good idea. Keep people interested. Uh, keep the system from getting stale. Keep some interest in skirms. Reuse assets. That makes sense and give variety to your players. So that is my plea to SSG to give us some more skirmishes. You're welcome, Pine Leaf. And uh, with that, I think we'll move on to the fifth beacon of Bin Rimon. I like these short and sweet segments. I should do more of those, shouldn't I? Their viewers are all going, yep, shaking their heads up and down. I look, Listen, viewers, I can't see you. It's a podcast, okay? If you're nodding your head, I can't see you. can't see any of the viewers. <sighs> viewers. All right. Uh, Min Rimon. Um, so, you know, got this podcast out on short notice because I'm doing a trip next week and I want to make sure I got something out before I went away for a while because could be a while before I can do another podcast. So, um, although, you know, the podcast is raking in the money, we've got major league sponsors lining up out the door, Yizal. This is premium space. But, uh, None of the contracts are signed right now. So what we have in, in the space is a, is a dad joke for this week. Here's the dad joke, ready? It's a Lotro dad joke. Um, what is a high elf's favorite font? What is a high elf's favorite font? Uh, it's high Helvetica. Get it? <laughs> high, Elve- high Helvetica. <laughs> Waka, waka, waka. Yeah, I made that one up myself. Is it hard to tell? You can reuse it. No, really. Please. Okay, we're at the sixth beacon of Callanhad. And we're in a segment I want to call Loot Boxapalooza. So I had a recent debate out on Twitter with some Twitter friends. And uh, I've also seen a number of articles recently out there in the industry. Uh, MMO reporter, uh, no, 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 massively online, uh, contains moderate perils, been having some articles about this. And, um, yeah, the debate, are, are loot boxes ruining the game, uh, Lord of the Rings itself, or in some cases, are they lo- ruining the industry, right? Are they ruining MMOs in general? And uh, you may remember over Christmas time, Star Wars Battlefront came out, and it was quite a debacle because uh, the runaway opinion was that loot boxes were gating content. Um, you know, basically, only a small portion of the game could be played until you started to pay to win. And uh, you know, every game finds a balance with that. That is the gentleman's agreement. That will look. We know you have to make money. We'll let you do this unless the the tipping point becomes too much, right? The balance is not there, and it becomes over the top. And Battlefront freaking missed the boat on where to balance this way over the line. Um, And it miffed a bunch of people off and ruined the premiere of what looked like a pretty cool game. Uh, I didn't want to play it after I read about the controversies. Uh, I didn't want to spend whatever it was going to be, 100 bucks, 
uh, to give it to my kids and then find out that after 20 hours they need a credit card to sign up and you know download some of the iconic characters from the game which should have been you know part of the base package right you know who wants to be able to have to play and play and play and I forget which one of the big ones but like let's say Darth Vader like you had to pay you had to get loot boxes or you had to pay to unlock Darth Vader unless you played like a ridiculous amount so that's the kind of thing where the game companies need to find the balance down your son. Um, so there's several ways to look at this. First of all, the Gorgoroth loot boxes, um, they're a dime a dozen. And anyone who runs an hour or two of content, cap level content in a session is going to have at least one to two of them in the inventory on average. Um, so they're not hard to get. In fact, there's, when people try to sell them in World Chat or Trade Chat, they're often met with laughter. <laughs> Uh, and I've seen them given away frequently for free to first tell because they're, you know, I've even seen people that have filtered them out using the new filter functionality so they never even receive them, which I think, you know, if you're not going to run endgame allegiance dailies, then fine, you don't need them, you're right. Uh, it's a little foolish just because there are keys that you can earn on landscape even. Um, you know, there's ways to come across them, so you might want to unfilter and get a few at some point, but... That's how common they are. Uh, people got sick of deleting them from their inventory. Um, black sturdy steel keys, however, have become the coin of the realm. And uh, if they're bought in the store currently, uh, let me see. I'm going to do some live research. We're going to pull up the Lotro store. You know my striped snake? You know what I called him? It's a placeholder. I haven't figured out what I want to name him yet. But uh, right now his name is Strip Poker. Striped snake strip poker get it. I I don't know. It's the first thing that came to mind. So let me see black Sturdy steel Let's see nothing came up, so it's probably sturdy black steel You know, I really miss they don't have pattern matching in this game um, Or sometimes uh, you want you know star key star to bring up anything in the auction house that has a key as part of it so a black steel key is right now 195 Lotro points. Oh, I got my monthly allotment. I'm rich. Woo! -hoo. Um, so almost two dollars in real currency, and that's uh, pretty pricey, right? Um, so they can be sold in game for gold, and then so even if you so if you would get them from the Allegiance loot box vendor. Um, they're not they're not tradable. You can't send them to other people. They're bound. Uh, but if you buy them out of the store, then you can s uh, send them to other people for a mythical coin or two. So you can sell them for in-game gold. Um, so there's three things that are currently advertised by gold spammers that I've seen. Uh, first is gold, of course. Um, Aria of the Valar. Uh, black sturdy steel keys. And I'll throw a fourth one in. I see a lot of the fragment of the abyss because they're they're all big ticket items. Fragment of Gorgoroth are plentiful from, uh, you know, the instance cluster runs. But Fragment of the Abyss, I think you can only get on Tier 2 uh, Abyss of Mordath raids. And uh, a, the uh, the Fragment of the Abyss is a rare drop in Tier 2 um, Abyss of Mordath. And it's used for crafting top-end gear. Uh, currently going on Landville AH for about 2,500 gold pieces each. So yes, that's for crafting a single piece of top-end gear in the game. 2,500 gold if you can't get it yourself out of the raid. 
Um, so here's the difference, though, between Lotro loop boxes and some of the others I've seen talked about. The difference is that you can also earn black sturdy steel keys in game by doing allegiance dailies. Uh, so that's finishing four quests off from two of the five Mordor regions. As you know, the regions shift every day, so you can do a number of quests in different regions every day. And usually there are at least six, seven, eight different quests to choose from. Um, they, they offer a different selection of them every day, so they cycle through those as well. So those are things they've learned to help keep things fresh. And, uh, and it's much appreciated. Um, doing There's also a daily allegiance quest, which is a quest that you can do that count towards these totals and also give you a, a couple allegiance, allegiance tombs to boot on the side. Um, the downside of earning the Black Sturdy Steel Keys is you need to unlock these by doing all of Mordor, all, all the story of Mordor, and finishing the Black Book. But once unlocked, you can earn uh, two-thirds of a key per day per tune. So I currently have four tunes that are level cap that have the content finished, so can can practically do almost three keys a day if I really wanted to, although that would get pretty old doing all four characters every day. I do try to do at least one or two a day, and some days when I have more time, I'll do more. Uh, each tune that does four daily quests probably takes maybe, I don't know, in between 20 and 40 minutes, depending on which tunes you use. Your mileage may vary depending on class. I'm sure there are a lot of hunters and you know power classes you just dps their way through the map and destroy some of these things and travel quickly blah 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 can do it a lot less um you've also got the resource dailies which offer additional rewards They've, you've got the uh, items you can pick up to turn into the different allegiance races which i call a weekly allegiance trust drop um, you've got weekly weekly quests that you can do at the same time uh, if you do the resource instances, you can also get Ashable gear drops out of them, off of the mobs in some cases. So there's reason to do those as well and mix those in. And there's deeds that you can work against against those as well. Um, so I'm opening a chest or two a day, and uh, on average. And my experience is chest drops between 120 and 1200 ash. Usually it's more in the three to 500 range plus some neg negligible crafting component that you won't use, plus either an ashable piece of gear, um, like a replica gear that's also ashable, or a Mordor pet, or a cosmetic. Um, so for argument's sake, it might take, let's say, one loot box to get a whole set of low-end gear, if 70 ash a piece, right? If you get lucky, you can get enough ash out of one box to get you know, five or six pieces of low-end ash gear when your team's just moving their way up through the ranks. Um, you can get one median tier price piece of gear pretty easily from a box. That would be either 300 and 420 ash. Or you might have to open maybe three to five loot boxes somewhere in there, depending on the RNG, to get a high-end piece of level 337 gear at uh, 1,750 ash a piece. Um, also, it's worth mentioning that normally you're replace, replacing a lesser piece of gear that you can then ash for like a partial refund, basically, uh, if you're replacing something that has Light of Arundel on it. So in my mind, here's the point. This daily grind is comparable to others we have done in this game previously. Um, you know, they continue to find ways to make, you know, they know people are going to be grinding for a, a good deal after an expansion like this uh, to give them variety like they did with Hitbold, 
like they did in Dol Amroth, um, you know, like you did in, with Question uh, Minas Tirith and so forth, uh, where if you're grinding dailies, you've got lots of different options to work through um, to keep things fresh. And uh, it's just that instead of getting currency from those quests, uh, those dailies, you get a key that unlocks the currency. You know, it, there's a random element to it that takes away predictability, right, which can be seen as a con. But it can also be fun for some to open a box and maybe be surprised by what's inside, right? I've occasionally been happily surprised by boxes, and, of course, there's also a lot of meh. Uh, but there's other options, right? If you want to get ash, you can run, or you want to get gear that you could get for ash, you can run the raid and get gear drops. You can run the featured instances and get gear drops or ash. You can run the Mordor instance cluster, Court of Saragost, or Dungeons of Nairband, either at level 1 of 5, tier 1, tier 2, or on level, which is less, <laughs> a little less common. Um, you can go questing and find rare Mordor chests in Mordor that have Ashable gear or wearable gear. And there was also at one point Ash Farms when there were just landscape drops. And of course those are no more because, you know, we can't have nice things. However, um, I can see arguments why some players might have an issue with this system. First of all, it is random. You're at the mercy of the RNG. You get a bunch of bad drops and all, all your time earning loot boxes and keys is wasted. Uh, of course, there is the option of the store and the requisite, you know, people going to buy keys in the store, which comes with the invalidation of all my personal effort. When somebody uses it to buy their way to get the best gear, when you have ground your way out of the mud through sheer force of will, oh, the injustice that is served. So I will say this. There was a time when Lotro swore that the store would never be used for game advancement. But obviously, time change, uh, financial realities change, and so do players, too. There was a time when I myself would have been just as outraged had this option existed. And then I find myself barely concerned anymore. Is it interesting? Yes. Am I going to get my, uh, my cod piece in a bunch? No. Uh, what's more important to me is that I am enjoying the content I've been given. So that sounds familiar. That is not for you to decide. All that you can decide is what to do with the content that is given to you. And I'm getting, uh, I would say, self-satisfaction, like usual, from gearing my tunes to ruin content with my kinnies or with other pugs. So, you know, it's hard to complain, as I said, about the variety of questing options, resource instances, featured instances, mortar instances we've been given, except for the fact that an airband is still not run much. Meh. Um, but one point that rankles is that the other cap level content outside of the featured instance has been rendered practically useless in terms of loot that needs, and that needs to be addressed because what's the point of scaling instances if no one's going to run them because the loot sucks. Still, you have to admit, looking at it on the face of it, that this whole issue is tied with gold spammers. And, uh, and I also think it's tied to the wide range of player fortunes that comes with a game of this age. I'm constantly astounded. You know, why is it that some players have barely a few gold coins to scrape together, while others can spend thousands of gold every night and seemingly never run out? Um, I've seen examples of people in Trade Channel offering thousands of gold for this or thousands of gold for that all the time. And I have to admit, I'm always suspicious of people that rich. I mean, 
Did they get it via exploit? If not, do they play the game 16 hours a day and have no other lives? Do they play the auction house for half their time? How do you get that much gold? You know, I'm somewhere in between. I, I'm, I almost always have enough for what I want to do while still being appalled when people try to sell, you know, uh, Aria of the Valar for 3,000 gold pieces. Um, I am getting richer, I'd say, especially since I've been selling all my stat tombs recently. That's helped a bunch. So one other point. Uh, maybe people are upset because acquiring loot boxes and keys seems to be required in some instances, depending on your class, to successfully run the landscape content. Again, for some classes, your mileage may vary. So even for a casual player who's not going to raid, who's not going to do high-level instance runs, um, you know, it becomes required for them and rather than optional, which kind of exacerbates the situation. Um, you know, I only know that loot boxes seem to be here to stay <laughs> unless some government declares they're, uh, you know, illegal. You know, like others have pointed out, SSG is not financially motivated to stop spammers or very, very wealthy players from buying and reselling items from their store. That's part of what keeps them in business. Um, you know, free-to-play did not kill the subscription model, but it might have mortally wounded it. I mean, you know, who would pay for porn if there are places available you can get it for free, right? I mean, I said MMOs. Didn't I say MMOs? Who would pay for MMOs if there are places available you can get them for free? So there are plenty of games that will lure you with the free-to-play model, but how many of them have real substance to keep you coming back and even electing to spend money with that game? Just remember, I mean, SSG has to make money to keep Lotro going. What we can't know is if they're just barely staying alive by offering loot boxes, or if they're rolling in it and just further padding Daybreak's pockets by offering them. And it's not in their interest to tell us, no matter how much we want to know. So we are unlikely to ever find out, unless a former employee, of course, decides to dish someday. Wouldn't that be interesting? So I've been pontificating and ranting for a while now. Um, the point of my story is, I don't know what I'm talking about. So let's move on to our next beacon of Callanhead. Yeah, loot boxes. They're good, they're bad, you know, and they're ugly. Yeah, that's my point. Uh, I'm sorry we ran out of time to end early. Hopefully next time. It's time for blessed relief. Thank goodness. I'm officially putting a little polka dot bow on the 77th episode of Light the Beacons. I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. Uh, but give me diatribes if you could. You know, if you know, it's better than no applause at all. And you can contact me at Bragg, son of Balance. Bragg with two A's. The second A stands for an abomination. Facebook or Twitter, Bragg, son of Balance, or my website at likethebeacons.com, where you can post comments directly on the podcast. I kindly request an iTunes review if perchance you are so inclined. Like F. Fielder, Dudley, Do Right Did, and uh, so forth. I would very much appreciate it. If your comments incite me to forgo my legendary dwarf and apathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. So I hope you laughed either at or with me. I hope you uh, learned a little something you didn't know before. Perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. And most of all, I hope you enjoyed the new bit-free podcast and uh, also your week in Middle-earth. This is Bragg, son of Balance, signing off. Baruch Kazad. And remember, the next time you decide to build a treehouse, 
and you find out later it's actually the tree of suffering, don't despair. Light the beacons! <laughs>